Do you know there's been loads of those recently? There was one in Madrid recently as well, like a few days ago. Really? It was, I mean, f- yeah, fucking horrendous. Horrendous. Oh, mate, it's, it's like who the, the fucking like hubris you have to have to think, right, this like fucking classical, legendary, world-class painting. I'll, I'll fix that right up. No worries. It's just mad. But I also feel like who's the person who's commissioning these people to do this work for them? Have they not looked at their previous jobs and been like, what the fuck is that? Like, why is the sky pink on this one? Or, or even, like, ignore the artist completely, the previous instances of people trying to touch up these fucking relic paintings. Like, I don't give a shit who you are. Yeah. It cannot be done. Yeah, it's, it can't be done. Just leave it looking drab and not as colourful. It's fine. We'll just accept it as it is. Or, or even, like, because in... Uh, wasn't one of them the case of like not it burned out but like it had worn away on Jesus's face or something so his face wasn't even there or whatever you haven't you haven't got somebody with a fucking grout gun filling in bits of dinosaur bones have you here we go here we go I got it I got it I found it hang on <laughs> well ah. alright well, <laughs> well, well do, do, just Madrid Jesus painting just type in Virgin Mary restoration <laughs> It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! I love, I love like the <laughs> twist. The <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait, wait. So, hold on. Have there have there been two restoration attempts in the same painting? And both are as bad as each other. No, I, I don't know. I think that's a discredit to the top one. I like the second one. <laughs> the bottom one's proper light. Fair, yeah. At least the top one, the person's like the Virgin Mary's actually looking the right way. <laughs> Fuck it, let's go straight on. Like, <laughs> oh my god, oh, unbelievable! Isn't that unbelievable? Fucking it's amazing! Up. Love it. It's beautiful. All right, let's get on. Welcome back, folks. Two bits, one puck. I'm your host, Mister Intangibles, and a mask wearer, Dan Masters. With my good friend, a man who angered two bits one put girl expert Paul Campbell, and a man who enjoys painting restoration. Well, every human, Will, how are you doing? I, I'm, I'm, I'm doing alright, Dan. I, I feel like I've aged a year this week. It's, it's been a tough week. Okay. So specifically on Monday, it felt like I'd aged a year. I woke up and I thought, I feel a year older today. Was it by any chance your birthday on Monday, Will? I, I, co- coincidentally, yes. Yes, it was my birthday no on Monday. Oh. It was. It was. Another year a belated older. happy birthday to yourself from me. I didn't wish you happy birthday for two reasons. One, <laughs> I didn't know. And two, be honest, I really don't care. So I, but I wouldn't have even if I did know. I, I probably wouldn't have done. There's two birthdays I care about, uh, and that's my wife's and my daughter's. That's it. So the, you don't make that list yet, mate. Sorry. That's all right. The, the only ones that you're sort of morally obliged to, to feel any sort of emotion towards. The first thing I want to start with this week, just quickly... Did you get into this whole everything is a cake thing? Did you see this? Oh the other my day? fucking! If I see another fucking thing that's a cake that ain't a fucking thing, fuck it! How do how do you how do you mute that? What words are you looking for on Twitter? That how do you mute fucking video content? When it happened, there was two things that occurred to me. One, uh, my age is showing as I just don't get this. This might be a thing where I finally at that point where I'm just like, yeah, I don't get it. I don't get what's happening. And two, we live in such a fast-paced, what do you call it, kind of McChunk world <laughs> that memes are seemingly created, catch fire and die all in about two days. I was going to say, it's, it's a 48-hour span. That's, but, but yeah, then, but it's then, insane. 
you, some some memes do make it into legendary status where you you still talk about them like a couple of months later. But yeah, there is not it, many though. No, very very few, and and thankfully, not the fucking shit that ain't a cake being a cake. Like it's obviously it's yeah. very impressive. It's very impressive. Better bakering, baking, decorating. I don't know. I'd like, like to. Did you just say, did you just say bakery? I, I, I did say bakery. <laughs> I did. <laughs> to go alongside buildering, brick layering, <laughs> buildering, <laughs> bakering, playering. I've been decorating a cake. I'm a yeah. painter or a decorator. But it's yeah, fair, like fair, fair play. That's a lot of fucking. Now, so you've got to have to think, right, how can I make this icing look like raw chicken breast? How can I fucking do that? But it's like, <laughs> where where are they all coming from as well? Like, there's got to be a fucking stockpile of these videos somewhere. Like, you're not telling me that the first one popped up, whatever it was, and then every world-class baker from the Great British Baker off was like, bosh, let's, let's make a fucking tin of soup out of cake. It's fucking... It, yeah, God knows. It, I can't even get my words out straight because it just pisses me off so much. I've got no fucking time for it. Let's move on to hockey matters then before you get really angry. <laughs> if, I think it was... Uh, if they, if yeah. they dropped the fucking puck for the first game back of the play-in and then Wes McCauley just leans down and chops it in half and it's a fucking cake, I'm going to... You know the, the video that geezer... <laughs> He's watching. He's watching the footy, and he fucking throws the the um the the telly keeps going off because somebody's like hijacked the remote or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And he lobs the MacBook for it. That's gonna be me. I think it's fairly low percentage chance of that happening. But if it does, mark my words, I'm gonna have to buy a new telly. Do you know what though? Do you know what though? Conversely, if Wes McCauley drops the puck and then bends down and takes a bite out of it, and it's a cake, I will forgive the NHL for all their past transgressions. <laughs> I'd, I'd be happier. I'd be, so, I'd be so happy with that. I'd be happier if he takes a bite of it and it's not a cake. It's just like a <laughs> just a power move. Wes McCauley's He's like Jaws from James Bond. Maybe he is. I haven't seen Wes McCauley's teeth up close. No, good point. Never seen him in the same room together, do you? You never know. <laughs> fucking. If we can just pause on what a fucking legendary idea for a villain that is, we're going to get a proper tall geezer and he's going to have metal fucking teeth. And he's going to be the scariest geezer you've ever fucking seen. There you go. <laughs> Do you know what it is? It's one of those ideas that just writes itself when you think, I'm sure, I'm sure I could have come up with that. Why didn't I come up with that? That seems so obviously simple. He's it's, a fucking unit and he's got metal teeth. Yeah, sold. Brilliant. Let's go. It's, it's having the stones to not discard the idea as soon as you think of it. It's like, nah, I can, I can make this work. I'm a good enough writer that I can just, all I need is a tool geezer with metal teeth. It's either, it's either having the Allens to go through with it or... You're just an absolute fucking nutcase who was just throwing stuff out there. You're on your last legs and you were like, how about a big guy with metal teeth? And everyone in the room went, oh, you've done it. He's pulled out the bag, everybody. There we go. That's how we pay him the big bucks. Was, like, yes. Was Evan Welsh troubled with uh, with substance? I feel like he was. He must have been. He's, <laughs> he's of, of the era where everybody, oh, yeah, if you're writing a book, you're fucking, you've got to have something to fill the time, haven't you? Yeah, it's true. Come on, then. What you got for me? I thought it was quite funny after last week and we said you never get rumours of this player wants to get traded or this player might be going somewhere and there's like there never seems to be this kind of trade kind of rumour mill going around in hockey and then out of nowhere the uh, the Brock Besser trade mill gets a chunk of grease thrown on it and all of a sudden like every single kind of beat reporter is talking about how the Carolina Hurricanes can fit Brock Besser into their team and I'm like where, did, where the hell did this come from? 
And then I realised that, obviously, with the stagnant salary cap over the next couple of years, teams such as Vancouver, who are going to have to sign quite a few good players to some quite large contracts, such as Quinn Hughes and Elias Pettersson, are going to have to uh, do some jiggery-pokery. And maybe some, some kind of future star players or very, very good players are going to have to be moved around. Can you see him getting moved anytime soon? I mean, I can see it. It doesn't mean that you should be at all. They, yeah. the, the Canucks are in a perfect position, as as we've known for quite a few few years, where they've paid a bunch of players fucking far too much money. They've got so many players. Nobody's on a massive contract. Their, their, their biggest contract in the entire team is $6 million. That's shared by Alex Edler and uh, Louis Erickson. But it's the fucking Jay Beagle and Antoine Roussel at $3 million a pop. It's Tanner Pearson at 3.75, Brandon Sutter at 4.375. Like, it's fucking too much, too much fucking mediocre for more than me, mediocre money. If you, I, I get that those contracts aren't easy to move, especially like Louis Erickson at six. But fuck me, if you've painted yourself into a corner where you have to trade Brock Besser, who's at a decent cap hit, that's fucking, it's fucking moronic. The word is they want to trade better so they can pay Tyler Toffoli, who's fucking five, yeah. five years older and five years shitter. Five years shitter. I'm, I'm not being funny. Like You are going to pay Tyler Toffoli at least the same money as Brock Besser because he's fucking UFA after this year. So 5.875 for Besser. If you're trading that to then give that money to Tyler Toffoli, you're fucking mugged, Jim Benning. You are right. But I did, I, did uh, I can't remember where I read it, but I did read a good point on this is that if you do trade Besser, you're going to get a really good return on it. And I think it's something when we when we first started talking about the Canucks ages ago about how they were taking things slow and building through the draft and, oh, God, it's so boring. And if you do it right and you kind of do get some luck and guys like Pettersson and Hughes fall to you in the draft, you then suddenly find yourself with kind of a raft of young talent that you're not going to be able to pay. So if you can trade away Besser then for a great defenseman or maybe you know, real high-end picks, it's an, okay, it's an okay position to be in because you're going to get a better return than you would if you, you know, if you just let Tyler Toffoli go. I, I get that, but then my two issues with that is firstly, if you, you're probably not going to get Brock Besser back in that trade. Do you know what I mean? You're going to, you're almost always going to come out worse off by trading a good right. young player. And and secondly, like Brock Besser's not the, the level of player that you trade away to pay your other young players. If you're thinking, oh, we'll trade Brock Besser for assets and then we'll we'll get some good uh, good good young prospects in the draft or whatever, or trade for good young prospects and we'll we'll have them establish themselves later later down the line, you almost start taking two steps forwards and one steps back, one step back. Do you know what I mean? Because you've taken the time to develop Brock Besser. He's still only twenty three, and you're finally reaping the fruits of of that patience that you've had that has been lauded by a lot of people. And now you're just going to dump him to to do what? It's not a dump, though, is it? Like you said, though, if you can't convince Lee Erickson to terminate his contract or you can't get a trade for, I don't know, like you say, Jay Beagle, Roussel, fucking Brandon Sutter, what else are you going to do? The, the, you know, the, then, you go into, then you go into Queen Hughes and Elias Pettersson and, and probably Jacob Markstrom saying, uh, could you kind of do us a favour? And they're going to look at other guys around the league and be like, no, no, I'm not. So then what do you do? You have to trade away then the best thing you've got to get the most back to at least get something. Yeah. You can't get rid of anything else. Yeah, I, I do get it. I do get it. But, but I will refer back to the quote that they want to re-sign Tyler Toffoli. And if, if they trade Besser and re-sign Tyler Toffoli, 
you've you've made the dumb decision because Tafoli can take four point six off your cap at the end of the year for nothing. You don't have to phone up John Jaker and be like, look, bruv, what I'll do, <laughs> what I'll fucking do, I've got, I've got fucking 8,000 V-Bucks with your name on it, mate. All you have to do is take Louis Erickson off my hands, convince him that he wants to golf. Do, do you know what I mean? Like They they have a bit of an out. Fair enough if, if they want to go extreme and not re-sign Tyler Foley and trade Brock Besser. Fair play, that's acceptable. But if you trade Brock Besser and then re-sign Tyler Foley, you are dumb. Yeah, I, I I agree with you. In, I agree. In, in my in my madness, but I'm just having a little look. Yeah, buying out Ericsson doesn't really help you. There's got to be someone you can fucking buy out. You've got to be able. Surely, if you buy out Brandon Sutter, that's gonna that's gonna sort you right out. He's only got one year left on the contract. Hold on, I've broken cap friendly. Here. Clearly, do not know how to. Here we go. Here we go. Yeah, mate, buy out fucking Brandon Sutter. It'll be it'll be. 2 million next year and then 1.2 million the year after fucking buy him out right now or just for some reason you know Lou Erickson I mean come on <laughs> but uh, yeah probably one of the uh, if, one of the king snakes if you, if you buy out Erickson he's like 5.8 million this next season which doesn't help you at all if they're, if they're talking about immediate help if you don't re-sign Tyler Foley and buy out uh, Brandon Sutter that's Brock Bess's cap it right there that you've just taken off and arguably, you get two fucking rookies in there and you'll be fine. You know, you're paying guys $3 million to play on your fourth line to put in like eight minutes a night. It's fucking moronic. It's utterly, utterly moronic. I don't, I don't get how you, how those contracts were like sold in the first place. Because what you're saying, oh, best yeah, case... We, we talked about Jay Beagle when he got signed, didn't we? We were like, what yeah. the fuck are they doing? It's like, what best case scenario, you've, you've got two very old third liners who are probably still replaceable for, for fucking three million a pop. That's that's not it. All this talk of Besser having to get traded because of a stagnant salary cap. I am all in on the salary cap not changing now. Oh mate, fucking I can't wait. Love it. It's gonna wait. gonna make yeah, things very it interesting. Veins. It's amazing. And the and the Canucks are a team I wouldn't have thought as being a victim of that immediately, sort of thing. Yeah, but I mean maybe they're maybe they're looking down the road. I know because I, I know that um when we talked about Taylor Hall, I know like maybe he lands with the Avs or something like that. It's it's fine to say that now, but looking further down the line, the Avs are going to have to re-sign a chunk of players. I mean, if you're looking two, three years down the road and then you take on Taylor Hall for six years or seven years or whatever for a chunk of change, when are you thinking, oh, hang on a minute, I've got to re-sign Nathan McKinnon. Landis Scott's going to need a new deal. Fucking Kale McCarr's going to need paying. Well, like, what, what are we going to do then? Yeah, that, those are... Those are the big ones. I mean, you got to do Brokowski this summer. You got to do. Yeah. Have you got to do Kermakar this summer or next year? So nah, next, next year. year. But either way, he'd be in that window. Yeah, I think. I think luckily, like McKinnon comes towards the end of the of this iteration of the CBA. So hopefully, he doesn't need a new contract until twenty twenty three. By which point, yeah. hopefully, you he'll should take, have. He'll take two million anyway. You know, <laughs> that kind of guy. Right, Nate. Have you have you uh, are you familiar with this chap, Kevin LeBanc? He's uh, I knew, I knew you were going to say that. Cause, cause, I was waiting for you to say it. I'm, I'm not going to. I'm not going to say JB. Oh, am I? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> great, graciously took three million so that you could help out this Canucks team. Um, Nathan, we see you more as a, a Kevin LeBanc than a Jay Beagle. What do you say to that? <laughs> in, <laughs> in like four or five years, you could have uh, NHL GMs walking around with, instead of Shea Guevara t-shirts, it's going to be fucking Kevin LeBanc t-shirts. 
<laughs> Fucking revolutionary of our time. The ultimate martyr. He's a revolutionary. But you're right, they've, they've even got a sign like like the kit have Rob's Zad Rob's a handy player that could be could oh, be yeah, worth yeah. a new a new contract and stuff like uh Sam Gerard's extension kicks in next year. It's funny how much almost every time a big money contract is signed for a for a good young player, there is always talk of Oh well, that's fine, the salary cap will go up by X amount and in, in a few years actually this overpriced deal will will actually be a bargain. It'll be one of the best deals in the league. Yeah, it's going to be cheap. I promise you, it's going to be cheap. It's, a, it's all about the percentage of the cap you see, Dan. Um, uh, yes, yes, of course. But, yeah, a, a, a stagnant salary cap for a while? I mean, at least three years. It's going to mess some, mess some teams right up. And do you know what? If, if you want to convince me that COVID-19 was a way for Gaz Bettman and Bill Daly to keep the salary cap as it is, I could believe it. I could believe they like. I could believe they went over to China and helped them well, it or something. Been playing a lot of uh, <laughs> exhibition games over there, haven't they? <gasps> oh my god, the pieces fit. The pieces fit. Oh my god, dude. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you, you just need one photo of Gaz and Bill on like an off day, visiting whatever attractions there are in the fucking Wuhan district. Bada bing, bada bing. some fucking farmer's market. He's picking bats. They just so happen to, well, well, they're at the Great Wall of China. And I don't know if you know, Dan, but the Great Wall of China extends all the way across the border with Mongolia. Which I, I bet it's quite big. Yeah. It's pretty big. I can only imagine that it would lead them to Wuhan if they got off at the right stop. So you do the maths, mate. You do the maths. The clues are there, aren't they? The clues are there. You can just see, as we said, as we said last week, Batman and Daly probably watching the NBA or Major League Baseball. Like these players have got way too much power. They've got way too much power. We can't have it taken over our beautiful game where they play for the uh, the logo on the front instead of the name on the back. What are we going to do? How are we going to stop them making all this money? We can't have our players making more than fifteen million dollars a year. That's insane. And they just start to get the first trickle of reports of maybe something going on in China, and that's it. The NHL has scheduled preseason games in China this year. What a coincidence! Hmm. There we go. Something I hadn't necessarily thought about as far as the stagnant cap is concerned. It's not just teams who are right up against the cap with, you know, oh, 90% of their team is locked in for big money deals and it's, you know, they're not going to have room to, to re-sign players. There are going to be some teams that, that are sort of not maxed out, but they've got a lot of big contracts and also have a lot of roster turnovers to deal with. So while you might not yeah. be in cap hell you aren't going to be able to improve your roster as much as you anticipated. And, and the team I'm specifically thinking of is, is the Arizona Coyotes. So they've got they've got yeah. a few players coming off, Taylor Hall specifically, Carl Soderberg, Brad Richardson, but uh, you know, a couple of D-men, well, quite a few D-men coming off the year after next. It's But then they're still going to have to rebuild those teams. And they've got things like Clayton Keller's extension kicks in next year. Uh, Jacob Chikrin is locked in long term now. They're going to have to pay Vinny Hinostroza, Christian Fisher. It's there are a lot of te- unless you've got the bulk, like pretty much ninety nine percent of your squad locked up under this cap hit, yeah, under this salary cap for the next four years, you're going to run into some sort of issue. Yeah, so I went I went onto Cap Friendly and I noted down all the teams and then how many players they've got signed for next season. 
and at what cost. Mm-hmm. Now, again, there's always like, you know, obviously the jiggery pokery, shout out to Kyle Dubas and his Excel spreadsheets doing the LTIR thing and all that shit. But the Yotes are the team. They've got 17 players signed for $80 million already for next year. God, mate. I love being right. And the other, what was it? The other two, the other two was obviously the Leafs regarding their jiggery pokery and whatever. They've got 16 players signed for $77 million. And the Lightning have got 15 players signed for 76 million. <laughs> That's the Leafs are going to have to sign, what, eight players for a fucking $4 million? Yeah. Well, they've, got like two, they've got like two defensemen signed for next season. Oh, yeah. So far, if memory serves. Yeah, yeah, I think I think you're... Uh, no, 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 that is that is unfortunately incorrect. They do have three... No, sorry, no, no, no four, oh, okay. four, six. They've got, they've got a six. They've got a six. Oh, okay, okay. They, they do have a six, which isn't too bad. You know, Morgan Riley, Jake Muzzin, Rasmus Sandin, Callie Rosen, Martin Rinchin and Justin Hole, which which isn't the worst six you could get, to be honest. <laughs> but, no, I mean, not ideal. Definitely not ideal. No. I don't know, a, a top four of, of Muzzin, Riley, Sandin and Hull, I could see it. It's worse. It's, it's better than some... Top fours out there. I'd rather that than like the Kings defense, or the yeah, or the Red Wings defense, or just just name any of the of the teams in the fucking uh, in the top five of the draft this year. <laughs> yeah, also true. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. But and and then the other issue is, yeah, you talk about wanting to trade Brock Besser and, and players of that ilk to try and free up some cap space. You you do have to trade him to a team within the league who is probably facing down the same sort of issues that you are. You've got. To, you've also got to trade him to a team who's looking to trade some players to free up some cap space. <laughs> we're, we're gonna get. We're gonna get a fucking like Brock Bess is just gonna get bought out. That's that's what's gonna happen. He's gonna be in Russia this time next year. Yeah, Taylor Hall's not gonna get a fucking contract offer. <laughs> no, no one to afford him. Yeah, you're gonna end up with. It's basically gonna be the CHL plus any team with like any player with a no, no move. Christ. Yeah, it's gonna. Well, that's the 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 other two teams for me that were worth noting for different reasons was obviously we've mentioned the Sharks like all the time when we come out when you know we talk about Catpal and stuff like that they've got 13 players signed for 67 million but on the Sharks there's I think all of the big ones are no move or no trade oh yeah the, the Sharks on the other side of sorry go on I was, I was just going to say the Sharks are going to be in a in a spot of bother even if the cap fucking flew up by 10 million this year like <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, if the cap was up by like 105 million, the Sharks are still looking at the balance sheet going, oh shit, what do we do? So, so, someone goes into the settings and turns the cap off and it's still a fucking issue for the San Jose Sharks. <laughs> yeah, in the real life league settings, someone's turned the cap off, the Sharks have still got a problem. <laughs> and on the other end, which made me chuckle, the Sens have got nine players signed for 41 million. <laughs> Still though, still you've got to get fourteen players in in forty million, which doesn't is isn't necessarily as doable as you'd think it is. Come on, let's let's have a wee little look. So that that what oh two point eight million per player. Yeah, you should be able to do that, really, shouldn't you? <laughs> I would think so. You could you could almost have an entire lineup of Jay Beagles for that money. Yeah, that's true. That is true. And and who wouldn't want that? All right then, should we uh, should we start the show? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we probably should. Hello, 
So I am uh, I am a little bit surprised that the NHL is still closing in on returning to playing, especially with the way things are happening and going right now in America with just coronavirus continuing to surge over there. I get the two hub cities are based in Canada, but more than half the players will be coming over or half the teams will be coming over from America. And I just think, uh, I don't actually think they care that much about obviously the players or their health and well-being. And it's just more about, okay, we have to get this sport on TV because I think there's, I think there's a, like a back-end thing to do the TV contracts. I still firmly believe that. You can almost picture the the boardroom meetings with you know Batman and Daly and whoever else, where someone raises the point of, oh well, you know it's still a big issue with Corona and you know what if a player gets ill, what if what if God forbid a player dies, and somebody just turns around and says, yeah, but we have to try. That's what it reeks of. It reeks of I don't yeah. give a shit what the risks are. We've got to fucking try and get this done for whatever reason, which is which is an issue with like the economy anywhere and 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 that's what like you say it's it's the money that drives it the tv deals the contracts and stuff like that the business deals like it's all yeah anything that's like the the nhl is part of the economy whether you think it's a larger global economy the us and canada economy or just the economy of the nhl like their bottom line is very important to them as it is to many other businesses at the moment which is why you've got you know, people going back to work without adequate PPE, without adequate support systems in place, whatever it might be. And and the NHL is is ultimately, yeah, as we've said before, a place of work. We can't lose sight of that. It's a fucking workplace. And yeah, that's that's what it boils down to for the for the higher ups. There was a on the other side of that, as I do like to try and put both sides of the argument in, there was a, a basketball tournament played in America over the past few weeks. I think it was called TBT or something like that. I don't know what it is because obviously I don't follow basketball, but they did the bubble thing and it did work. The Everybody who was then tested, like everyone was tested, retested, 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 and the cases just kept going down and down and down and down and down and they were fine. But these are, as far as I'm aware, these are college kids. These are not the pros. Now, on the other side of that, the NBA players arrived to their bubble this week and it looked like something out of a kind of a dystopian future they were putting on the, their hotel rooms and stuff like that and these are guys used to live in obviously you know the higher end guys used to live in on basically their own kind of in their own town with god knows what on it and gigantic garage and 17 bedrooms and all this kind of thing and these players turn up to these hotels just sort of saying what is this like what the fuck is this because it's just, just, it's literally just like a mass of um, of premier inns <laughs> and those kinds of bedrooms. Fucking yeah. So a few days a, a few days after, uh, a young lady puts on Twitter that she's already she's already been invited into the the NBA bubble by one of the players to come and have some you know some fun sexy times. And I know that we all like to believe these uh, these hockey players are virtuous good hockey boys, but I can guarantee you. There's going to be some young ladies and even some young men in some cases being snuck in and uh, and breaching that bubble. I did, yeah, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, I'd, I, I think you you know just as well as anyone, Dan, that we don't necessarily think that they're virtuous young young gentlemen these hockey boys anymore. And like, no, I don't know. No, no. I don't know if you um saw there was like a, a a story that floated around this week. I don't know if it's newer or, or whatever, but it's new to me this week. 
about um, someone sharing their experience with some players on on draft night and the draft weekend. Did you hear about this? I did not see that. No, please enlighten me. So, I mean, a lot of it's idle gossip, but I think it's interesting and indicative of the mindset of a lot of these players. So it was basically a, a, a girl sharing her experience of of being in contact with a number of players on draft weekend, however many years ago. I don't know which year. It didn't. It didn't say. But it, she had shared these strings of texts where the, these players are basically coercing her and to bring friends to to the hotel room, bring alcohol or whatever. Oh, don't tell anyone. Don't let yourself be seen. Make sure you keep the booze in the in your purse or whatever it might be. I'll turn up at twelve o'clock when our minders are gone, or whatever it might be like, and 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 if that's the the sort of attitude and and power you feel you have to wield before you even get into the league, I'm sure there's plenty of of that sort of attitude towards it nowadays. Once you're a superstar and you're a millionaire and this that and the other, even if you're not a fucking superstar, like I think, yeah, there were a lot of issues with people deriding the NBA players specifically for for having you know potentially having having partners come in to break quarantine to break the bubble and and that was yeah you know perceived by quite a few people to be quite a thinly veiled racism or at least well yeah yeah that, that that's that's what it is when you are comparing the NBA to the NHL and you have the NHL as a white knight and the NBA as or the party league or their troublemakers or whatever that is fucking racism like if you don't believe it is and you hold that opinion you need to look yourself in the mirror and think about why you have that opinion why do you think that a predominantly black sport is you know more troublemaking or more party going than a predominantly white sport like sincerely think about that yourself but like you say it's going to be a problem in the nhl as well without a doubt for, for, for any league that's trying to run this kind of bubble system this is ultimately young men who have a lot of money and a lot of power socially that will be bored <laughs> and like you say we'll be living in conditions that they're not used to be that the actual quality of like their hotel rooms or whatever or just the restrictions that are under because i'm sure that even now under like a, a lockdown they're still relatively doing whatever they want they just might be wearing a mask when they're fucking doing it like the, the realities of the bubble are going to be a harsh wake-up call for a lot of players and i don't think many of them like you say are going to are going to accept that. It is super interesting. I, I really, really, really want a prominent NHL player to break the rules to see what would happen. <laughs> I really want it to happen. I just want a picture of... Let me think of somebody that's not going to kind of cause kind of any inflammatory, like... Let <laughs> me think. I've got somebody... Who'd be a good player? Who's, who's a borderline superstar? Who, yeah, a superstar in their own right in a lot of ways especially in their own market, who p- potentially has a history of, a, of no, no, allegedly breaking the want, rules. I know what you're saying. I don't want a player who's got history. I want a player kind of maybe out of nowhere, but a good a person who's like, he's a good hockey boy, but out of nowhere, he's get he just gets snapped out with not his girlfriend or something, like a Chuck E. Cheese or something like that, just on a... <laughs> Like on a random Thursday, so, he should be in the bubble. So you, Who would be a good player for that? You, I can't think of one. You want what you want, Dan, is a uh, a historical reenactment of the Koozie video, starring Nathan <laughs> McKinnon. 
<laughs> yes, 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 yes. Perfect. There you go. Yeah. McKinnon sat in a room, but with sort of 17 people, none of which we know who they are. It's like male or female, doesn't matter. No, no Colorado Avalanche players or staff there. And it's him. And they've clearly all been out somewhere and come back. And now they're just doing like massive lines of Charlie. Because <laughs> I'd love to know what would happen. I would love to know if it was like one of the kind of the golden boys of the NHL. Are they just going to be like, oh shit, what do we do? Are they going to try and like sweep it under the rug or... The situation, not the drugs, obviously. Uh, are they going to try and sneak, sweep it under the rug or do they come out and make an example of it? I'd, I'd love to know. They, they haven't set any press, any rules for like, oh, if we catch anyone breaking lockdown and X, X, Y and Z, have they? I thought they did. I thought they said like there'll be repercussions if you break the rules. Um, hang on, NHL. Yeah, but to say there'll be repercussions isn't isn't saying specifically. I can't, I can't imagine a league that that doesn't have a a specified discipline system for fucking targeted hits to the head is going to come out in a press release and say this is exactly what we're going to do if somebody breaks lockdown. There you go. Each bubble will be tightly secured. No one will be able to enter exit. That is not authorised. Players will be living in single occupancy rooms. No roommates with each team assigned designated floors. Players are not permitted to enter each other's rooms. And housekeeping will be provided every third day. Hotel bars and restaurants will be open and available in the bubble, providing social distancing is followed. Okay, but that that doesn't give a list of you'll lose one finger for every time you break fucking lockdown, right? No, no, but that's what I mean, though. I'm sure... I'm sure I read it somewhere. I'm sure I read it somewhere that there would be something. Not not the exact, like, here's what would happen if you did it. But I think it was like one of those kind of grey areas where they just said, well, if you break the rules, I expect something bad to happen to you, kind of thing. <laughs> so the players are aware. Like, but even still, like even still, even though they've not laid it out. Expect something bad can't. to happen to you. <laughs> like, <laughs> like fucking Batman's just going to bottle somebody coming out of a bar. Say <laughs> double tap behind the ear. <laughs> Boy, <laughs> are you are you Sydney Crosby? Yeah, bam! <laughs> Fucking get back you to your hotel. Have Nathan, bang bang, <laughs> <laughs> pop pop. <laughs> so I hope somebody, I hope somebody breaks curfew or something. It, <sighs> I just, it'd be, it'd be so funny to see what they do. I'm just, how 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 much are they going to be like tabs kept on the Tyler Sagans, the Evgeny Kuznetsovs of the world, like? <laughs> Extra security. I, f- I feel like I feel like Tyler Sagan must, is going to feel like a fucking ex-convict during this, like you know, a proper, <laughs> proper reformed ex-convict. Like yeah, absolutely, you know, completely t- turn a new leaf, whatever. Like you know, he's he's a completely different person now, but he's constantly being like pulled over or whatever. <laughs> but but it's Tyler Sagan because <laughs> I, I, I mate, I, I haven't been to a club. Well, in... I'm very sure I'm fairly sure he's already been fit for an ankle brace, like, hasn't he? Just in case. <laughs> <laughs> ah, Tyler, we've been expecting you. Does does everyone have to wear these? Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. There's there's the one for Ovi. Don't worry about that. Meanwhile, there's a team based at the Sagan Control Center. Oh my God, he's on the move. Where's he going? There's a disco three miles away. Oh my God. You, you get a, you get a Freedom of Information Act on that NHL fucking bubble budget, and like sixty percent of it is keeping tabs on Tyler Sagan. <laughs> what do you think about? Um... What do you think about the players that have opted out so far? I know you. I know you're not going to have like a, a crazy. Oh, it's a disgrace. But I was wondering, is the older, 
as the old head of this team, should I be calling out these players for being pussies? <laughs> I think there should be. There hasn't been enough, like, open. No teams have come out and said, well, you know what, Travis Hamannick, don't fucking come back, mate. Like, yeah, well, fuck you then. <laughs> if you're not coming that's to... What, that's what I wanted. That's I wanted what... that from, like, one of the GMs or one of the owners. That's what like, finished. The next day is, like, the Calgary Flames have bought out Travis Hamannick for being a fucking pussy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't. Is anybody from the island? Anyone from the island? <laughs> no. Well, I don't, I don't know. Oh, I say, yeah. You know why? Because <laughs> Lou sent him all an email. In my fucking day, we would have killed the people in our family who've got respiratory problems. You'd better be on that ice. Spanish flu. <laughs> I had Spanish flu for breakfast. <laughs> I've, I haven't seen the full list. The only one I know is well, there's there's Travis Hamannick and there's somebody else who I saw. But I, I know uh, uh, Sven Betch, he was one. Oh really? Um, there was somebody else for for. <laughs> you know the funniest one was it? Mike, Mike Green. Oh, Mike Green's that... not coming back, is he? I think Mike Green's opted out. Was Mike Green one of them? Somebody opted out for because of their kids. Yes, that might have been. Wasn't that Travis Hamannick? No. Yeah, it was Mike. It was What's Mike. The, it was Mike Green. Stephen Kampfer. Who? Stephen Kampfer. Never fucking the Bruins. Never fucking heard of him, mate. Hamannick yeah. Green Kampfer. Polak. Yeah, Sven Berchi, Travis Hamannick, and the funniest... It sounds so bad, and who the... All right, I'll <laughs> disclaim this right now. Who the fuck am I to laugh at this person deciding to opt out? <laughs> Carl Alsner. Carl Alsner <laughs> saying, you know what? I'm not going to bother coming. <laughs> it was it was fucking Carl Alsner. And I'll tell you what, Dan, I, when I was trying to think of who it was, I thought Carl Alsner, but I thought... Like fuck is it, Carl Arsner? <laughs> like, it's like me. It's like me fucking opting out of coming back to the fucking NHL playoffs. Like, <laughs> <laughs> fucking uh, Carl. Imagine Arsner. that call going into fucking to Bergevin. <laughs> oh, uh, Mark, I've got a, uh, I've got Carl Arsner on the phone. Okay, I put him through. Hello, Carl. Oh yeah, hi, hi Mark. I just just wait to let you know that I, w- I won't be played in the playoffs. <laughs> Mark's like, yes. <laughs> And then Carl says, well, I haven't told you why yet. <laughs> it's, it's one of those ones where the call comes through to Bergevin's phone and he hasn't got the number saved, so he doesn't fucking answer it. <laughs> and then he gets a fucking voice now saying, oh, hi boss, it's, it's Carl. Um... <laughs> and then he goes to his Rolodex, Carl, 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 Carl. Carl. Oh, Alsner, Carl Alsner. Carl. That doesn't sound like Carl Weathers. Um... <laughs> oh, again who the fuck am I like dudes played in NHL I'm nobody but that just made me laugh oh, oh, <laughs> made me laugh so much to, to be fair to you Dan you're not signed to a, a hefty NHL contract and not able to fucking play at that level so if, if anything you're in better what do we say? I think you're in better standing with the Canadians than Carl Arsenal is I might be but who am I who am I as we are we praise we do praise the uh, the snakes on this show Fair play to Carl Alsner. An amazing snake until you make it deal. Is is Carl Alsner Winston Bogard levels of snake until you make it? No. No no one's no one's as good as Winston Bogard. I don't think anyone's quite up there, are they? I did see there was another Chelsea player who I read about this week. Oh, yeah. And somebody somebody said to him, Do you not care about sitting on the bench all the time and not playing? He said, No, because I just check my bank account every day. <laughs> Well, yeah, okay. <laughs> Fair enough. I can't argue with that. Fucking you win. Well done. Mid mid game, like I'll just have a look at the old NWL OLB app. Don't worry about that. 
<laughs> yeah. Fucking hell. Good, good on those players, though. I really didn't think there'd be any. I genuinely didn't think there would be a single one. Yeah, like, ooh, I'm ooh. actually... I'm actually really chuffed for those players that did that. Good on them. Yeah, especially the ones that would have actually played. Like, that's that's really fucking. Yes. That's that's powerful. It's and and I hope there's more. I hope there's more. Like I, I sincerely hope that every player that takes the ice during these, um, you know, the preliminary rounds of the playoffs themselves, wants to actually fucking be there. I hope nobody. And and that's not to say that I want everybody to feel that way. I just want everyone to be comfortable. I don't want anyone out there thinking in the back of their mind like like I you know I don't want anyone in two minds about it I don't want anyone worried about what's going to happen I want all of them all to be blissfully fucking naive about this situation I think regardless now of a medical kind of issue in the family that suddenly arises or uh, like a like a baby being born or something like that I think that's it because I think once one person one, once one player did it it gave everyone else a chance to go, oh, God, yeah, I can do it. I'll do it. And I think they would have done it already. Yeah, and I think... So that's it. I think that's your list. Where where camps have started now, nobody's going to rock up to camp day one and then, like, two days later be like, uh, now, now I'm going to go. Yeah, exactly. On the eve of the playing round. Yeah, do you know what? I think I'm not going to bother. I don't feel up to it. Yeah, they're not going to do that now, so... Only six players, though, as well. And... and not to discount Roman Polak from that list, but like Roman Polak is coming back, isn't coming back because he doesn't think it's worth it because he wouldn't play. So like it's it's a little bit different for Roman Polak. So for for five players, strictly on health reasons, to not come back, that's still a very small percentage. That's fucking less than one percent of the league. We are on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, YouTube, and at parties, awarding contracts to fake companies for PPE. If you could leave a five-star review on iTunes or a review wherever you listen, that would be just spiffing. And as always, we're brought to you and sponsored by Wave Intel. We'll just get this out there now. Jason is a genius, and his patented play and team comparison charts can make you look like a genius as well. Not only that, but a raft of other data, such as GM models and individual players worth to their team. Wave Intel, online and on Twitter, being smart, so you don't have to. Speaking of opting out, did you see the the uh, the Twitter post about Sidney Crosby? And he kind of ran before all the uh, the camps even started. He was running a, a basically player only camp where you were, let's just say, encouraged to turn up. Uh, no, I d- I didn't see this. Who who had he invited? Was it just him, uh, fucking McKinnon and Brad Marchand again? <laughs> no, no, it was. It was Penguins players. He he put a he put either a tw- he, like he had to DM the players or something like that saying, oh you know just letting you know we're having a a players only camp. It'd be great if you could turn up, kind of thing. And the first guy there was Malkin, and then, and then the, the the Twitter thing kind of said, well then once Malkin turned up, everyone else kind of went, oh for fuck's sake, I better go then. And that was it. Mate, so like they all went basically. Imagine being on the fucking Penguins. How much of a drain would that fucking be? Oh. Can you imagine? Like having, like having the fucking swattiest kid in your class in your fucking group project. Like fucking, <laughs> just allow, allow. Like I, I bet Sid does not understand that not everybody's a freak like he is. Sid's that kind of person who he, you get a text on a Saturday, saying, "Ah, oh, yeah, should we, should we, should we work on that school project today?" No, no, Sid, it's Saturday. There's, there's no school on a Saturday. Every day is a school day. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's five forty-five a.m. on a Saturday. So I'm just going for a skate. Are you, are you coming? 
We've got, that, we've got that trigonometry assignment during six weeks. Should we get started now? No. <laughs> no. Sid. I want to enjoy my summer, for fuck's sake. At, at the start of lockdown, Sid rocked up at the fucking Penguins trainer's house and was like, oh, I thought we'd, uh, thought we'd lock down together, if that's all right. <laughs> yeah. You're my bubble. That's it. Oh, crap. Daddy, who's this man? Oh, never mind. He lives with us now. He's going to be training with me for the next six, for the next six months. <laughs> Just fucking doing pull-ups in the basement for for three months. That's yeah. <laughs> like so. So it was like training camp, but without any coaches. Yeah, it, it was basically it was like a players-only, players-led training camp type thing. Because I don't think they, I don't think it was kind of you could word it as a training camp. I don't think they were allowed, were they? Maybe they were, but the way it was worded was was kind of a, hey guys, we'd love it if you could come along and. You know, do some drills with us. That'd be so cool and awesome and fun. It's not work. It's just fun. Definitely not. Malcolm was the first guy there, and then obviously then the old lads were like, "We better fucking go, then, aren't we?" They're, they're all Gina were there. They're all skating around in inside out penguins training jerseys. Like, nope, this is not affiliated to the penguins at all. <laughs> yeah, this is not. This is not a drill. Repeat, this is not a drill. Fucking <laughs> fucking Mike Johnson turns up to um, first day of training camp proper with the Penguins and, and all the players are rocking around some proper fucked up like drills and like, they've completely messed up the system just because they've been there like, right. Do you say... This is what I think we should do. you say do. Mike Johnston then? Yeah, I, I, I said it because I... Which Mike is the fucking... Because they have Mike Johnston and then it's, it's... Sullivan. Sullivan. Fucking, mate, you can't have two Mikes in a row with... So fair, all right, yeah, do you know what? Yes, they're fucking, wrong. Fair point. Fucking, like, how am I supposed to tell the difference between Mike Johnson and Mike Sullivan? They're fucking same, same geezer. <laughs> how am I supposed to tell the difference between the guy who nearly rad Sid and Gino into the ground or the guy who then got them two cups back to back? How, how am I supposed to tell? Oh, yeah, I yeah I, I understand the difference between the careers, but forgive me for making a faux pas when you've got two... Like, it's... Jo- like, I'm, not, I'm not having this fucking argument. I don't, I don't need to apologise... <laughs> Because the, I don't need this. I don't the, need the fucking NHL's coach hiring policy is so stringent and fucking shit. It's like, oh, MJ was the last guy. Who's the next guy alphabetically in my fucking Rolodex? Oh, I better just invite him. <laughs> you know, you know why you're getting angry, don't you? You know why? Because <laughs> I've made a tit of myself. Yeah, because you're a year older and you're starting to forget things. So you just get angry. It's setting in, mate. It's already started. I told you. Every year you now, have, that's it. It's just a slip. You're just a year closer to death. That's all it is now. They, they say another year older and another year wiser, but they never tell you the severe trauma that you know, the human psyche undergoes by taking an entire year's worth of wisdom in the space between 11.59, the day before your birthday, and midnight of your birthday. Yeah. It's like Neo plugging back into the Matrix, but but you're not, you're, you're not the one. You, you're not equipped to fucking deal with that shit. Speaking of uh, optional training and drills and stuff, did you did you see that the uh, the Maple Leafs were using official refs at their training camp? Oh, what a bunch of fucking losers! What would you need? Would you need a ref at a scrimmage for? <laughs> the idea was, the idea was they were trying to simulate games as much as possible. So when they were playing their drills, they were, but they were playing team on they were playing top six versus bottom six. So they even had music before face-offs like they would in a real game and they even had the goal horn going off for the goals they're trying to recreate a game like to the absolute letter so the so they had they had official refs there at the training camp and then the league went well you can't fucking do that can you 
So that was it. So now they can't. But they did it for a day, and then the league stepped in and said, "Well, you can't do that." Yeah, good. So. I, I hope the league stepped in, not because of like you know, health and safety or whatever, and said, "Nah, don't do that because that's fucking stupid." You're not you're not allowed to do that like because to... it's fucking lame, and you're making us look like a bunch of dickheads. I'd like to think they did it for health and safety, but I'm sure it was more just because of the uh, the sporting advantage. That's, that's not that's not very double R of you, is it? Fucking hiring a ref for your scrimmage, Jesus. How well I, I I get the idea of trying to recreate a game situation or whatever, but seriously, if you're if you're that fragile, if like your your performance is so fragile as an athlete that you need to have the fucking ancillary shit recreated in your practices to then be able to <laughs> to transition back into a game situation, maybe you shouldn't be playing in the best hockey league in the fucking world, should you? You know what happened, don't you? You know what happened? Matthews missed a shot and said something like, well, of course, because there would have been a fucking ref there. So what am I supposed to do? And it became a big thing. So then Sheldon Keefe was like, I better get some refs in then. (laughs) Keep this guy happy. I was trying not to hit the hypothetical ref. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So they've still got refs, though, because now the coaches are playing the parts of referees in the games. Oh, my God. (laughs) I knew you'd love that. Fucking hell. I knew you'd love that. Come on, what and they and they are they are they, are they trained are they trained referees are they done their refing badges? I don't think so. I don't no, think so. No, I, I, I didn't fucking think so. I will say, I will say, as a as a Schneid move, if you say that you're doing it to recreate games as as well as you can to get the players as ready as possible, but really you're doing it to keep the refs sweet and keep them on your side. I'm all for that. That's a great move. Did, did they have proper, like, actual NHL rostered referees? Yeah. Wow. Well, that's how I read it. They had, like, official refs there for a day until, the, obviously, the NHL stepped in and said, no, you can't do that. It's like, if, if they're proper NHL rostered referees, that's actually quite fucked up. Like, to have refs working directly with the team. Like, that is, that's not, yeah. that's not on. But I'd imagine it was just, you know, some local fucking, like, the equivalent of David Ayers. Do you know what I mean? Like, like he's he's done his. What's the? What's the it'd be the uh, the Eber. <laughs> yeah, emergency backup referee. You don't have those, do you? Not enough. That's the one thing that the NHL is missing. It's more more referee injuries, I think. <laughs> <laughs> hey, dude, you know you know do us and Keefe like refereeing drills. Maybe that's the wave of the future. That's what we've not been doing, have we? Refereeing drills. Yeah, don't don't worry about fucking. You know, passing plays or whatever. Like, <laughs> we're just going to train you all to be refs, and then you'll understand the game. If you can understand the rule book, yeah. you can win a hockey game. Fucking. I'm just trying to see now. I'm just trying to see now. Were they official NHL referees? I can't it imagine they say... were. I can't imagine it. Yeah, but it, but thing though, Toronto are in their own bubble because they're one of the bubble cities. So the referees must be there. There must be refs there. Yeah, but like, they have to be. Mate, imagine fucking Mike so it Dean. It makes sense. Mike Dean rocking up to Man United training. Like that's not. That's not fucking. That's not. <laughs> well, he wouldn't do that because he's a Tranmere fan. But whatever. <laughs> How do you know? <laughs> is Mike Dean actually a fucking Tranmere fan? Yeah, he is. How do you know that? Did you not see in the FA Cup last year, Tranmere beat somebody like higher up? It may be a championship team or something to get to like the fourth round. What well, Mike Dean was ref. Who was in the crowd stood stood on the bars like an absolute fucking full on yob. Fucking Mike Dean. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Mate, that's fucking legendary. Isn't that amazing? 
Here, here he is. Here he is. You got it. I think I'm fucking. There <laughs> 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 you go. I told you. Mate, what, a... what a fucking legend. What a fucking Absolute legend. All right, fair play. Mike Dean's now my favourite referee. Second only to whoever gave. Um, was it Dario Serna who got uh, three yellow cards in the World Cup? Oh, what was his name? I don't know. Damn, I can't remember his name. Yeah, I know you mean. Some Bald fucking dude. Whoever gave out, whoever gave out those three re- yellow cards, best referee I've ever seen. Yeah, I can't find out if they're official or not, but I could believe it. I can absolutely believe oh, it. Nah, not at all. Not at all. Yeah, but why? Yeah, but why not though? Yeah, but all right. Because, say, say you're a fucking because, because you, all you've got to do is do it, and if the league say don't do that, you go, oh, okay, sorry, no problem. Yeah, but, but sh- if you could, if you could have got away with it for like a week or two weeks. Butter up some refs. Genius. It's genius. But I reckon the refs would know that that's not on. Well, I don't know. I can't imagine any... No, to get a little, a little cheeky backhander from fucking... From Brendan. <laughs> Oi. Not that kind of way. All right. Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> I don't... Or maybe the other kind of way. It's... I don't know. Who Who knows? Who, who fucking knows, mate? Who fucking knows? <laughs> Maybe, maybe Brendan likes being rubbed out by a ref. I don't know what his kinks are, but there's no kink shaming kinks. That's the man can do whatever he wants. It's, it's, you know? it's one thing to fucking referee a scrimmage at Leafs practice, but if you're caught giving fucking handies to Brendan Shanahan, that's that's definitely a fucking con- conflict of interest. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Jesus, how do we get how do we get down these roads? Well, if if I can drag us back to normality, you you know it was uh, it was Joseph Simonich who got the three yellow cards. How could I forget? Oh, yeah. And and you know who it was who gave him those three yellow cards. How could I fucking forget? Oh. Howard Webb. No, no, not Howard Webb. Howard Webb, he wouldn't let that happen oh. under, his, under his watch. God, I thought... Oh, not Howard Webb. I think you're, I you're there. I can see now. Graham Pohl. It was Graham Pohl. Of course it was Graham Pohl. There you go, Graham Pohl. No Mike Dean, though, that's for sure. He's... <laughs> Grandpa doesn't even like football. He's the, he's the Benoit Asuokoto of uh, of referees. Take a drink. There's another guy we always mention. <laughs> it's been a while, though. I feel like we had to we had to bring him back to it. We got to bring him back. Oh, absolutely fucking legend. Anyway, right. I, I want to speak talk... of the Leafs. Oh, oh, God. God. I was going to say I want to talk to you about Jack Adams because I didn't even realise that the nominations have been have been put out. So I have seen. Oh, the, there we go. The nominees during. The recording of this podcast. I, I did want to mention first. Have you seen the nominations for the uh, the Lady Bingo? I, d- I didn't know any fucking nominations were that. And would you look at that? Oh, you're kidding! I've, ju- I've just looked oh. up, and uh, and I see a little a little link on the side. Right. Don't don't look at Lady Bingo Awards yet. No, oh, okay? I, I just have. Sorry. So, oh, but so I, to quote it verbatim, this is an award which a player is adjudged to have exhibited the best type of sportsmanship. And gentlemanly conduct, combined with a high standard of playing ability. So of course, of course, Austin Matthews has been nominated for the Lady Bing. Mate, you only need to look at one of his fellow fucking nominees to see the the lack of integrity or lack of understanding of the definition of either sportsmanship, gentlemanly, fucking hardship, whatever you want. When you've got a geezer. Who was nominated for a fucking, um, you know, commitment to hockey perseverance award after he fucking crashed his truck into a coffee shop while drunk driving? Of course, the geezer who fucking 
sexually assaulted somebody at two in the morning was nominated for a gentlemanly conduct award. Of course he fucking was. I'm surprised Patrick Kane didn't just... win the fucking Masters in, <laughs> in 2016. Oh, God almighty. God Jesus almighty. Christ. Is, is Lady Bing one of those on and off the ice? It's not, is it? It's just on the ice. It's not, but the, the, that, that quote, because it doesn't say on the ice. No. It says an award which is a player and judge to have exhibited the best type of sportsmanship and gentlemanly conduct combined with a high standard of playing ability. It's, it's the short... Doesn't say on the ice, doesn't say off the ice. So that alone should give you a clue. Hey, maybe we don't give it to one of those two guys. How about that? It's especially for an award that does not matter whatsoever. Like, you are not taking any weight. If, even if... I don't, I don't know Austin Matthews' fucking stats. Even if he didn't take a single penalty all year... Just don't include him. It doesn't look good. Yeah. It's once again, the fucking NHL can't get out of its own way with something as simple, something as simple as an award based on gentlemanly conduct. How hard is it? How hard is it to screw that up? How? How can you do that? I'll, t- I'll tell you how you do it. You you nominate uh, Austin Matthews for the Lady Bing. That's how you do it. And, and Ryan O'Reilly, yeah. I mean, but Ryan O'Reilly. Yeah, I mean, there's an argument that Ryan O'Reilly shouldn't be up for these awards ever again because he he is a drunk driver. <laughs> but yeah, to have to have Austin Matthews in in the same fucking season that he harassed and and you know sexually assaulted a woman at fucking two in the morning, and I forget I forget the quote, but I'm certain he brushed it off as you know just a bit of fun. Oh, it's fucking yeah, it. With his gang of mates as well. His gang of mates. So it's like, you know, four or five men surrounding a woman's car. At two in the morning. For fuck's sake. There's our right. At two in the morning. It's my last love. There you go. Yeah, that's really fucking cool, mate. It's, it's a weird, it's... There are a lot of good hockey players who do a lot of things for charity outside of the game. This award may not be based on that. I understand that. But just from a PR perspective, oh God, like, you know, Shea Webber's donated all this money or... I don't know, fucking Roman Yossi's gone back to Switzerland and built this school, or I don't know, anything. As long as they're half decent on the ice. Just just, just pick those players. Just, Even, just pick the players you've got, like, no comeback on them. Because it just makes you look fucking stupid otherwise. I'll, I'll, I'll gladly repeat myself, like, it is a fucking nothing award, and there are enough players out there who are good and don't take <laughs> that many penalties, which is basically the criteria for it, that you don't have to nominate fucking Austin Matthews. You don't have to. And even if he's by far and away, like, did not take a single fucking penalty and scored 200 points, just do not, do not fucking nominate him. Don't. It's, it's so stupid. It's so stupid. It's, I mean, to, to, to call it, sorry, Dan, to, to cut you off, but to, to right. call it stupid for me is like giving an element of allowance. It's not stupidity. It's just flagrant flouting and, you know, not, it's, it's not caring. Yeah, you're right, actually. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's a good point. Calling it stupid means that they've done something kind we, of unwittingly. We, yeah, yeah, that's that's the fucking word. And it's they, they, they haven't. It's, it's one, This is one of those ones where at no point did not one person in the room go, now hang on a minute, are you sure that's a good idea? I'm sure, didn't something happen in the off-season? I might be crazy, didn't something happen? So they all jump on their laptops and go, oh, of course. Okay, yeah, we can't do that. At no point through that chain of command or anything did anybody say, "Are you sure?" Fucking, fucking put put Nick Suzuki in there. 
Nick Suzuki, a rookie in the league, 41 points in 71 games. He only had three minor penalties in the year. Put him in there. And, and for me, especially as a rookie, to not take any penalties, that's impressive. James Van Reemdijk, Reemdijk fucking Tevu Teravainen. Yeah, he had less points than, than Austin Matthews, but he had the same number of penalty limits. There, there are plenty of other fucking people you could put in there. And Teravainen hasn't sexually menaced a woman either. Has he not? You don't say. You don't say. Some would say yeah. it's quite quite an easy thing to do to not sexually assault quite, or, yeah, or harass people. It is people. quite an easy thing to not do, I must admit. It's like, I'd, 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 put it, I'd put it up there with you know, wearing a mask, not being a racist, standing up for you know, saying that trans women are women and, uh, and not sexually assaulting people. All things that are quite day-to-day, I barely lift a finger to do those things. And yet, here we are. Here we are. What can you do? I, I will say Jason Paul's going to be chuffed with your Nick Suzuki shout-out. He loves that guy. It's because he's a... Well, you know. You know what I say about Jason. Lovely lad. He's a Habs fan. That's the problem. Go on, then. You're, a, you're Jack Adams nominees. Torts, Cassidy, Vigneault. What have you got, a thought? What, what have you got on this? Is there, there's one person who stands out here, Dan. And I, 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 I don't want to hear it from your lips. Who's the old man out here? To, to me, the first odd man out is Elaine Vigneault because he's cheating. <laughs> to me, just because he's got three heads, so he could have just cheated. The, the three, the three nominees should be Vigneault, um, Terrien, and Mike Yo. <laughs> in, yeah, because in theory, you've got five nominees for the Jack Adams. <laughs> it's, a, it's a very cheap, cheap way of doing it. Yeah, it's just cheating. Vigneault, Vigneault obviously being King Ghidorah that's, that's just cheating you can't have three heads that's not fair he, he has he has three brains of course he's going to be a good coach because he he has yeah, access he to be, thrice yeah. the knowledge dude obviously massive Bruins fan but if Torts doesn't win this in a landslide there's something really wrong Mate, um, <laughs> really wrong and and by by the logic of previous Jack Adams winners utter disrespect to Paul Maurice no mate my three Okay, it, it's tough, right? Because you can't... I mean, you can, but in a sport like hockey, it's tough to leave out the president's winning trophy coach. Yeah. It's, it looks... I, I don't know how... I don't know how the hockey world would cope with it if you leave out the coach of the president's winning team. And to be fair to Cassidy as well, a lot of people forget that the Bruins are floundering before he took over. Oh, yeah. At the end, towards the end of you know Julian's reign, things were not good. That top line was not that top line. And they were just kind of wishy-washy and Cassidy came in and, and completely completely turned them around but if it was me I would have picked Torts I would have picked Mike Sullivan I would have picked Paul Maurice God, Mike, Mike Sullivan yeah not, not Mike Johnston <laughs> no no Mike <laughs> Sullivan the current head coach of the Penguins but, but really Mike, Mike Sullivan yeah yeah well, but, okay so I, fa- um, I sometimes use a, a really good Twitter account shout out to at man games lost NHL the top three teams for losing players due to injury or illness this year are the Blue Jackets, the Penguins, and the Jets. That's like yeah. People forget. People forget how many fucking players the Penguins go through. Not only because of injuries and illness, but because their GM is a fucking madman when it comes to trading. And every week, I'm sure Mike Sullivan walks in the office and goes like, "When the fuck did you get here? Who's those guys they got from Florida? I forgot his name." Oh, uh, Bugstad. And Jared McCann. Nick Buke said, yeah. I'm sure he's like, what are, you, what are you doing here? Like, I didn't know about this. Think about Ross the turnover. <laughs> the Penguins is insane. Yeah, that's that's a fair shout. Like, I think I'd have Cassidy over over Sullivan, though. 
but I'd I'd have I'd have Torts, uh, Maurice, and Alain Vigneault personally, because that that Philadelphia team has done so much better than anyone thought they were going to do this year. There were plenty of people that still thought they weren't going to make the playoffs, let alone you know storming and and they've become an automatic qualifier. They're not even in the fucking playing round. I think as as much as you can say he's got two extremely experienced former head coaches as his assistants, you've got to, you know, whatever the dynamic, you've still got to respect what they've achieved as a group. Because, you know, you, that argument could be made about Tortorella, could be made about Cassidy, could be made, made about any head coach in the league. There is a reason that you have assistant coaches and, you know, the, the Jack Adams is, is unfair in the sense that it only highlights a head coach when it's really a whole coaching unit that actually produces the results from the coaching on the ice sort of thing. I think it's interesting with the Flyers because they always had the talent. The players have they've always had the players. The players are all... I mean, you look at that roster, you're like, yeah, this is a good roster. You know, this is not... They maybe don't have that super elite, but they've got some bloody good players there in Philly. Some bloody good players. I don't know, if you... And they've just if you ask, never uh, seemed to pull it together. If you ask Evolving Wild, then fucking Sean Couturier's super elite, and I, I'd be inclined to believe yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. Fucking hell. I said to you, right, you know, give me give me your ten absolute peak best players. You're not gonna you wouldn't pick him. You wouldn't. No, I'm he might be on that second list, but he's not on your first list. I'm gonna I'm gonna sort by but he's like say, he is really good. I'm gonna sort by points to give you the top ten players and that's that, I'm done. <laughs> I'll sort by pin. See you later. <laughs> I mean to not have Paul Maurice in there though, I mean that is just insane. It's it's a hard one though, because cause you are right in what you're saying about Cassidy because the NHL with this award has traditionally shied away from coaches on good teams even though they do actually deserve it and like Cassidy has done a fantastic job with the Bruins especially when you say you know a couple of years ago Bruins seemed like they were fucking done you thought oh they're they're only going to get older they're only going to get worse it's fucking over and Cassidy comes in and, and now they're best team in the league arguably and that does deserve recognition it's just unfortunate that for for me, I do think that based on the previous sort of established standards for the for the award, I don't think it quite meets the criteria of taking a shit team and making them better. Yeah, and that and that's why that's why Torts wins it in a landslide because not only was it thought to be not a very good team where they lose their starting goalie and one of the ten, in my opinion, super elite players off their team. They then have lost more player games due to injury or illness than any other team this year. So you've also lost all of those players, all that playing time, and he still gets them in. Can we can we touch on? Are you looking? Have you seen the the NHL dot com announcement and their their sort of graphic? Oh no, I didn't. Have you seen, have you seen the graphic with the three three coaches? Uh, oh, sorry. Yeah, I saw that. So can we can we just touch on how weird Bruce Cassidy's picture looks compared to the other two because it's got another person in the photo with Bruce Cassidy. Does it really? It's, it's got like fucking forty percent of some woman's head next to Bruce Cassidy, and I can't I can't get over it. The other ones is like you know, torts perfectly central with just like a blue jacket's jersey behind him, and even yo and ice just him in the photo and then Bruce Cassidy is like he's sharing the fucking photo with three other people yeah <laughs> it's just, really just, 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 just looks really fucking like, odd yeah that picture will do fuck it uh, whatever. <laughs> he's, he's only in third place anyway 
<laughs> yeah, this guy's getting third. I don't even need a good picture. We shouldn't even bother inviting him to the awards night. <laughs> so, so obviously, Torx is a landslide winner for you. Do you think? Yeah. Do you think he'll actually win it? If he doesn't win it, I'll be legitimately annoyed. I shouldn't care about this award in any way. But I, 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 I'm, I'm somebody who I appreciate somebody who does a really good job, and and really, can t- you know, I'm like I'm, I'm fucking English. I love a good underdog, don't I? And fit, like I said, like you lose your starting goalie and a super elite player, and then you lose over 350 games due to like injury and illness from like your best players, and they've had everyone out this year. And they've just been fighting guys and bringing them in and plugging them in and playing. And they've just got better and better and better as the season's gone on. Can, can I just say, when when you said the first time about losing a top 10 Super Elite player, I'd gotten wires crossed in my head and I thought you were talking about Paul Maurice. And I thought, I mean, Dustin Bufflin's good, but basically, no, he's not that fucking good. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's gotta be towards because like you say, he's got he's got the fucking stats of the main games last. He's got the fucking story in the fact that they've actually made the playoffs, quote unquote, and and yeah, they've got fucking everything. What like if ever there was a natural born winner to the Jack Adams, it's got to be fucking towards, isn't it? And he's he's a personality to boot for 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 better or for worse. <laughs> Did you see? There was a thing I saw on Twitter just before we came on that somebody asked him. Um, a reporter said, "What do you think about if any profanity is picked up? Because obviously the on ice mics, there's going to be no fans kind of drowning out the players. So what are your thoughts on sort of profanity from the players being picked up?" And he went, "I don't want to give a shit." <laughs> yes, fantastic. Fucking hero. Okay, <laughs> Abs- back. Absolutely. Thoughts is swearing. Let's go. It's in in the back of his mind. He's thinking, "Well, Duclair's off the roster, so they won't catch me saying the n word. So yeah, I'm I'm safe." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then last thing, uh, any thoughts on the Calder? Uh, Dominic Kubelik, Hughes, and Kel McCarr. Sorry, Quinn Hughes, obviously, and Kel McCarr. Um, yeah, I was going to say I'm surprised that Olofsson's not on there, but I suppose it's a bit of a coin toss between Kubelik and, and Olofsson. But yeah, that's that's fine. Like the top two are obvious. It's it's a battle between Hughes and McCarr, isn't it? The third third place. You know what I want to see, don't you? I want to see a joint award. Because um, they can't decide. Mate. I'm oh. the best. Oh, make me make me sick. Make me fucking ill. Just for just for that kind of North American winner take all attitude, but you guys can share. <laughs> That'd be so good. That'd be fine. You can you can share it. I who who do you reckon who do you reckon's gonna have it? I, I do you know what I cannot I cannot call it. I know we, we did a little a, a cheeky little deep dive into Macar and Hughes, didn't we? Around about God, what's that? I don't know. It feels like it was, about eight years ago. I th- yeah, I was going to say it, it was. It was this season. It was before and before it, lockdown. The consensus has been that Kel McCarr's the standout, and that's it. And when I looked at when I looked at the numbers, they are incredibly close. And you can actually make a case for either one. You know, one of them's better at this thing, one's better at this thing, and it, they do kind of play off each other. So, I think they'll go Kel McCarr. Just because he seems to be the consensus pick, but it should be a lot closer. Yeah, I think I think this is like the closest two. Yeah, it's not yeah. it's not like a runaway and then they're like a token second place of oh maybe it will be so and so, and 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 it's it's actually two really elite players. It's not just like oh this rookie was pretty good, this other one was pretty good too. Uh, who do we decide between? Like these are two fucking difference makers on their teams. 
So yeah. it will be interesting. I think I think you're right. I think Makar will win it because he's because he came out of the gate quicker than Hughes. So like he established a footing before Hughes did. Yeah, and because it's the lazy pick. <laughs> I, I I don't know if it's fair to call it a lazy pick because Kyle McCarr's still fucking really good. It's not like he's just the number one pick from the last draft. Do you know what I mean? Like, I agree, but I, I mean the lazy pick is in. How much time are people really going to put into this decision? Are they just going to go, well, yeah, clearly it's Cal McCarr. When really, they look if they look at it closer, it should be a real tough decision. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's like when people decide the Hart Trophy winner in fucking January. And it's like, yep, cool, whatever. Yeah. Don't, don't worry about the rest of the season. That's who I'm going to go for. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Can we, can we, can we touch quickly on the, on the Masterton? On the what, sorry? On the Masterton, the Bill Masterton Memorial Trophy. Oh, sorry, yeah, go on. Only what I really want to talk about is because I want to talk about Stephen Johns because he's a fucking utter, utter legend, utter legend, and like it's it's a hard it's a hard trophy because like it's it's a fucking tragedy trophy, isn't it? Like, oh, who's had the worst tragedy this year? Let's give him a fucking award for yeah. it. And I think Who, who's overcome the most adversity? Yeah, it, 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 exactly. That's the the definition again verbatim. Uh, the award voted on by members of the P. PHWA is presented annually to NHL player voted to best exemplify the qualities of perseverance, sportsmanship, and dedication to hockey. And and I think, I you know, not to lobby for a specific tragedy. In all due respect, to Oscar Limbaugh and Bobby Ryan, but like Stephen Johns was unable to skate for twenty two months due to concussion symptoms caused by the game of hockey caused by the game of hockey and fuck me if you can come through that sort of that sort of hardship that sort of impact on your mental and physical well-being away from the ice and still come back to to hockey and perform at not an elite level but like a very good level the the level he was performing to before that 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 deserves a shout out i think a good message there to end the show thank you for listening everybody will any last words uh I do want to squeeze in one more thing about Masterton, which I'll use my last words on. I think it should be like the fucking Hall of Fame. Every year, if you've got somebody who you think is worth... who the team wants to recognise, oh, so-and-so's had a bad year, whatever it might be, fucking chuck them all in there. Don't make us choose between, oh, well, Oscar Limbaugh got fucking leukaemia, Boy Ryan overcame alcoholism, oh, which one one do we like more? Fucking honour them both. Honour them all, get Stephen Johns up there, get fucking... Whoever else has had some sort of adversity that they've overcome, like we should be recognising fucking everybody who has hardship and still comes back to this game of hockey and gives us the joy that all three of those players and any of the other nominees that teams put forward give us as fans, journalists, members of the media, whatever it is, the joy that these players give us. If they're doing, if they're still providing that and coming through personal situations of their own. They should be fucking recognised for it. Like, open up the Masterson. I don't I don't want 31 Hart Trophy winners, but I want fucking 31 Masterson Trophy winners. That's amazing. I love it. Take care, everyone. We'll see you next week. Peace. Peace.